The Senate impeachment trial of President Donald Trump formally began Tuesday, kicking off with debate over the rules of how the trial would work, as outlined in a resolution from Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Among the many questions that this entire impeachment process has raised, a critical one has emerged repeatedly. Does a president's conduct need to rise to the level of a crime for him to be convicted in the Senate? For weeks, Republicans have argued that the articles of impeachment passed by the House back in December do not rise to that level of a statutory crime. Meanwhile, Democrats contend that the president does not have to commit a crime but a constitutional violation in order to be impeached. So when a particular piece of news broke last week that highlighted this tension, we wanted to take a deeper look. Thursday, the Government Accountability Office, which is a nonpartisan agency that reports to Congress, ruled that the White House's Office of Management and Budget, the OMB, violated federal law when it withheld security aid to Ukraine last year. So how much does this ruling matter to the outcome of the Senate trial? What legal weight does a decision from the GAO actually carry? And will this ruling be considered as House Democrats and the Trump team make their cases to the Senate? This is Can He Do That, a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency and what happens when branches of government collide. I'm Allison Michaels. To find out more about the Government Accountability Office's role in Washington, I turned to The Post's economic policy reporter, Jeff Stein, who reported on the GAO's decision last week. I asked him to start by explaining what the GAO is exactly. The uh, GAO is Congress's nonpartisan uh, watchdog agency, and basically their job is to investigate and police and figure out if the federal government is spending money that's been allocated by Congress appropriately. Obviously, we have a separation of powers in which Congress has invested in it the power of the purse, the power to decide uh, where money goes. But it's the executive branch, which Trump is obviously the helm of, that decides how that gets executed and apportioned. And so there's been obviously decades, centuries really, of a tug of war in which Congress has implemented certain laws to govern this process and sculpt it and shape where the executive branch can and cannot have discretion over how money is spent. And GAO is really at the center of ensuring that the executive branch does fulfill under the law what Congress told it to do. So to be clear, it's a nonpartisan agency. Yes. If you ask people in the White House, they'll tell you, and I think with a degree of fairness, that the GAO reports to Congress and in some ways, according to them, reflects the preferences of Congress. At least that's what they would say. Congress says that just because they report to them doesn't mean that they're prejudiced in any way to the legislative branch. But in terms of between the Democrats and the Republicans, yes, it's it's nonpartisan and widely respected um, by members of both parties. Does the GAO have any legal authority in some way? Generally speaking, are there ways that this body can file charges against someone? No. And that's sort of um, a reason why this report and my story about it, it got a lot of attention. And people on the Hill, especially Democrats, obviously saw it as an opportunity to say that the White House had broken the law, that there was something really wrong here. Um, and I'm sure they're likely to cite it in the upcoming uh, Senate impeachment trial. That said, the punitive repercussions for what the White House did here are, are basically non-existent. There are no potential criminal penalties, according to the experts I've spoken to. 
and there's a potential avenue for civil liability. But that really is only the case if the executive branch refuses to release the funding. And the White House released the security aid to Ukraine back in September. The odds of either civil or criminal consequences of this rule breaking appear slim to none. Why did the GAO choose to weigh in on this matter? Were they fulfilling a request from a lawmaker or were they enterprising or what? Democrats have been looking for evidence that there was foul play in the decision to withhold security assistance to Ukraine. So last fall, as the president was facing impeachment charges in the House, Senator Chris Van Hollen, who sits on the Appropriations and Budget Committees, decided to request that GAO do an investigation about one facet of the Ukrainian security aid controversy, which is whether OMB violated what's called the Impoundment Control Act, a federal law governing when the White House cannot release money, which Democrats have hoped would give them ammunition for the impeachment trial. It's worth noting that the GAO didn't specifically weigh in on the impeachment charges themselves, though, right? That's correct. They were not expected to, but they also did not address whether the president obstructed justice or whether he abused his power. Their investigation was really narrowly focused on the question of whether the Impoundment Control Act was violated. They also, I think interestingly, don't single out White House officials. They don't say person X broke the law. They say in aggregate, the decisions made by the Trump administration were a violation of this of this federal law, but they did not identify either the president or any specific officials of having broken the law. Now, as you said, the Impoundment Control Act is this law that essentially provides a way for the executive branch to request that Congress reconsider a funding decision that's already been signed into law. So in this case, what specifically does the GAO say that the White House's OMB office did that operated against the will of Congress? So this gets complicated, but Essentially, Congress tells, as I mentioned, White House, the White House where to spend certain funds. And if the White House determines um, that it's not going to f- spend funds that way, they have certain obligations to adhere to if they're not going to do that. And there are several criteria that they can meet to say that they and still be okay with not spending certain monies that have been appropriated by Congress. GAO found that the White House had not done that. There are some justifications that the White House can have legally for deciding not to allocate certain funding. For instance, if they gave money for a certain grant project and the only people that applied to use the money seemed like they weren't qualified to do the work, OMB could tell Congress, sorry, this is not something we can carry out because there's no real efficient way to do it. What GAO said was that the White House did not provide a sufficient explanation and, in fact, really didn't provide Congress with an explanation at all. They they are one of the things that the White House can do is notify Congress when they're not spending resources in a certain way. OMB didn't do that in this case. So broadly speaking, GAO found that OMB did not do what it has to do in the event that it wants to not spend these funds. Have we ever seen a violation like this before in history, something that violated the Impoundment Control Act? Yeah, it's actually not that unusual. And I think, you know, people can get carried away with this decision. This Impoundment Control Act is very technical and subject to interpretation. And previous administrations, including the previous two, both were cited by GAO for having overstepped their boundaries. There was an issue under the Obama administration where the Department of Defense initiated a prisoner swap uh, for someone, an American soldier who had been captured overseas. And GAO found that the Obama administration had broken the law and not notifying Congress and following proper protocol when executing that decision. So 
not that unusual for this law to be broken. The thing that I think Democrats would say is that this is a law that was violated at the center of a much bigger controversy in which the Trump administration has shown, they would say, little regard for the guardrails that are supposed to um, accompany allocation of resources to foreign allies. Now, you've mentioned several times that the GAO conducted an investigation. Does that mean the GAO has additional evidence somewhere? And will that be will that evidence be part of the upcoming Senate trial? That's a really good question. And I've tried to suss out the answer to this. And my impression is that basically that, that there was a, a process done by GAO, which primarily consisted of looking at the existing facts and requesting an explanation from the White House that they then evaluated and analyzed. From my reporting, I do not believe that GAO did extensive interviews with White House or OMB staff to learn more about what may or may not have happened. Right. So there's not necessarily a whole bunch of new evidence that GAO is sitting on. Correct. Okay. So for a long time, Republicans have argued that the articles of impeachment passed in the House don't actually accuse Trump of a specific statutory criminal act, and therefore the Democrats have no case. This has continued to be a critical piece of the Republican argument. And given that the Senate trial begins Tuesday, does the GAO decision from the week before this trial starts weaken their argument in any way? I think Democrats and critics of the administration would say so. I think the fact that previous administrations have been cited for breaking the GAO weakens that Republican claim. That said, Clearly, this GAO report suggests that the White House, even if they didn't believe they were breaking the law, they were willing to go quite far and they were willing to do something that, given that the GAO very clearly said was in violation of the law, they were at least willing to go right up to the line to execute the president's desire for this money not to go out. And that could have big consequences for the impeachment trial because it it should just the extent to which this was a priority of White House officials that they were willing to risk this very harsh ruling from the GAO that said that they were foul of the law. How has the White House and Trump's impeachment legal team responded to this decision from the GAO? They have not agreed with what GAO found, and they've pointed to their belief that GAO reflects the desires of Congress. The White House and the GAO have actually fought previously. It's not the first time in the last few years even. During the government shutdown, the White House ordered Uh, parks to be kept open. And the GAO later found that that was in violation of the law. The White House was trying to mitigate the public impact of the shutdown, which they were trying to use to secure more funding for the border wall with Mexico. And this nonpartisan watchdog agency found that they were, in order to achieve a political aim, willing to, to break the law. And so this is probably a symptom of tensions, not just between the White House and the GAO, but between the White House and Congress, uh, where there's an increasing feud over things that, you know, in previous years, there may have been more agreement on. Given all of that, do Democrats gain much from this GAO report? Might it affect their ability to call witnesses or present documents in in the Senate trial? I think the GAO report will give Democrats a potentially powerful piece of evidence to say, We have a report from a nonpartisan agency that found that the law was broken. 
maybe we need to talk to more White House officials who know exactly why this happened, given that it rose to the level of importance for a clear opinion from a watchdog agency that said they broke the law. Whether that will be enough, the White House has been very tight in preventing officials from testifying if they don't want to. But I think Democrats are sure to use this as reason for why those people should testify and speak publicly about the matter. At this point, do we know whether or not the GAO report will actually be admissible as evidence in the in the Senate trial, given that it, it came out after the House passed the articles of impeachment? That's a, another good question. I think Nancy Pelosi, the day of the GAO report came out, pointed to it. I don't think this is going to be reflected in the articles of impeachment themselves, but certainly in the arguments that Senate Democrats make as part of the trial. So more broadly speaking, then, in the Senate trial, it's it's not a courtroom, but it is a process that is at least guided by law. So how much weight does the GAO finding about the legality of OMB's actions really have here? I think... While I find the GAO report really interesting, and I think the implications for how the White House implements congressional policy are really interesting, it's not clear to me whether this will amount to nearly enough to either push Senate Republicans into saying that the president broke the law and therefore should be removed from office. And frankly, it, it is still a little incidental to the claim that Democrats have been making for months now that this is... That this pro- that what the president did related to the security funding amounted to a, a high crime. So then, putting impeachment aside for a second, will anyone at the White House or the OMB face any legal consequences as a result of this GAO ruling? I think they they could be sued, but I think it's pretty unlikely. Now, as I listen to you and consider all of this information, it brings up a theme that repeatedly comes up on Can He Do That, which is the tension that exists between the White House and Congress. And while that tension exists with all administrations, is the battle over money allocated by Congress and Congress's power of the purse particularly strained under this administration? One source of controversy throughout the Trump administration has been the White House's rejection of policy set by Congress. And we've seen this not just over the Ukraine security aid, but congressional Republicans involved in appropriations have expressed frustration in the past about, for instance, the White House taking money from the Department of Defense and using it for the border wall with Mexico. And insofar as this report may be really significant is is if it gives Senate Republicans more pause and more risk for pushback against the White House unilaterally moving money around. Congressional Republicans obviously are allied with the president politically to a great extent, but they are very proud and very, in some ways, protective of their authority to decide how money is spent. And so that question is a really important one with consequences for how you know billions of dollars and millions of lives are affected and if the white house feels like it does not have to listen to congress including congressional republicans you know the security aid was approved overwhelmingly with bipartisan majorities then that could potentially especially if we have a second trump administration leave the white house to feel freer to continue to spend money as it sees fits regardless of what congress um, specifically approved and could that have implications for future administrations it, it certainly could. If administration sees that this White House did a lot to push money around that Congress had not approved and stretched the law to do so, that might be a precedent that they find encouraging, that they find as a justification for themselves doing it for measure policy measures that Republicans will surely not like. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. 
The Senate impeachment trial of President Trump began in earnest on Tuesday. We'll keep you updated here with continuing deep dives on the major news and presidential power themes that emerge from the trial. For morning briefings on all that happened in the Senate the day before, tune into another one of The Post's political podcasts, The Daily 202's Big Idea with James Homan. For daily takeaways and major moments from the Senate impeachment trial, listen to The Post's daily news podcast, Post Reports. Or, if you prefer it all in one place, subscribe to The Post's Impeachment Updates podcast feed, where you'll get the latest impeachment news from all three shows, Can He Do That, Post Reports, and The Daily 202's Big Idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Can He Do That is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by the indescribable Carol Alderman, with help from Ariel Plotnick, design help from Kat Rudell Brooks, logo art from Loren Boglio, and theme music by Ted Muldoon.